0: section twenty-seven of the forbidden books of the new testament translated by archbishop william wake this librivox recording is in the public domain reading by c j plogue the third part of the book of hermas called his similitudes similitude one that seeing we have no abiding city in this world we ought to look after that which is to come and he said unto me ye know that ye who are the servants of the lord live here as in a pilgrimage for your city is far off from this city if therefore ye know your city in which ye are to dwell why do you here buy estates and provide yourself with delicacies and stately buildings and superfluous houses for he that provides himself these things in this city does not think of returning into his own city o foolish and doubtful and wretched man who understandest not that all these things belong to other men, and are under the power of another. For the Lord of this city saith unto thee, Either obey my laws, or depart out of my city. What therefore shalt thou do, who art subject to a law in thine own city? Canst thou for thy estate, or for any of those things which thou hast provided, deny thy law? But if thou shalt deny it, and wilt afterwards return into thy own city, thou shalt not be received but shall be excluded thence see therefore that like a man in another country thou procure no more to thyself than what is necessary and sufficient for thee and be ready that when the god or lord of this city shall drive thee out of it thou mayest oppose his law and go into thine own city where thou mayest with all cheerfulness live according to thine own law with no wrong take heed therefore ye that serve god and have him in your hearts work ye the works of God, being mindful both of His commands and of His promises, which He has promised, and be assured that He will make them good unto you, if ye shall keep His commandments. Instead, therefore, of the possessions that you would otherwise purchase, redeem those that are in want from their necessities, as every one is able, justify the widows, judge the cause of the fatherless, and spend your riches and your wealth in such works as these. For this end has God enriched you, that you might fulfill these kind of services it is much better to do this than to buy lands or houses because all such things shall perish with this present time but what you shall do for the name of the lord ye shall find in your city and shall have joy without sadness or fear wherefore covet not the riches of the heathen for they are destructive to the servants of god but trade with your own riches which you possess by which ye may attain unto everlasting joy And do not commit adultery, nor touch any other man's wife, nor desire her, but covet that which is thy own business, and thou shalt be saved. Similitude 2. As the vine is supported by the elm, so is the rich man helped by the prayers of the poor. As I was walking into the field, and considered the elm and the vine, and thought with myself of their fruits, an angel appeared unto me, and said unto me, What is it that thou thinkest upon thus long within thyself? and i said unto him sir i think of this vine and this elm because their fruits are fair and he said unto me these two trees are set for a pattern to the servants of god and i said unto him sir i would know in what the pattern of these trees which thou mentionest does consist hearken saith he seest thou this vine and this elm sir said i i see them this vine saith he is fruitful but the elm is a tree without fruit nevertheless this vine unless it were set by this elm and supported by it would not bear much fruit but lying along upon the ground would bear but ill fruit because it did not hang upon the elm whereas being supported upon the elm it bears fruit both for itself and for that see therefore how the elm gives no less but rather more fruit than the vine how sir said i does it bear more fruit than the vine because said he the vine being supported upon the elm gives both much and good fruit whereas if it lay long upon the ground it would bear but little and that very ill too this similitude therefore is set forth to the servants of god and it represents the rich and poor men i answered sir make this manifest unto me here said he the rich man has wealth howbeit towards the lord he is poor for he has taken up about his riches and prays but little to the lord and the prayers which he makes are lazy and without force when therefore the rich man reaches out to the poor those things which he wants the poor man prays unto the lord for the rich and god grants unto the rich man all good things because the poor man is rich in prayer and his requests have great power with the lord Then the rich man ministers all things to the poor, because he perceives that he is heard by the Lord, and he the more willingly and without doubting affords him what he wants and takes care that nothing be lacking to him. And the poor man gives thanks unto the Lord for the rich, because they both do their work from the Lord. With men, therefore, the elm is not thought to give any fruit, and they know not neither understand that its company being added to the vine, the vine bears a double increase, both for itself and for the elm. Even so, the poor praying unto the Lord for the rich are heard by him, and their riches are increased, because they minister to the poor of their wealth. They are therefore both made partakers of each other's good works. Whosoever therefore shall do these things, he shall not be forsaken by the Lord, but shall be written in the book of life. Happy are they who are rich and perceive themselves to be increased, for he that is sensible of this will be able to minister somewhat to others. Similitude 3 as the great trees in the winter cannot be distinguished from the dry so neither can the righteous from the wicked in this present world again he showed me many trees whose leaves were shed and which seemed to me to be withered for they were all alike and he said unto me seest thou these trees i said sir i see that they look like dry trees he answering said unto me these trees are like unto the men who live in the present world i replied sir why are they like unto dried trees because said he neither the righteous nor unrighteous are known from one another but all are alike in this present world for this world is as the winter to the righteous men because they are not known but dwell among sinners as in the winter all the trees having lost their leaves are like dry trees nor can it be discerned which are dry and which are green so in this present world neither the righteous nor wicked are discerned from each other but they are all alike similitude four: as in the summer the living trees are distinguished from the dry by their fruit and green leaves so in the world to come the righteous shall be distinguished from the unrighteous by their happiness again he showed me many other trees of which some had leaves and others appeared dry and withered and he said unto me seest thou these trees i answered sir i see them some are dry and others full of leaves these trees saith he which are green are the righteous who shall possess the world to come for the world to come is the summer to the righteous but to sinners it is the winter when therefore the mercy of the lord shall shine forth then they who serve god shall be made manifest and plain unto all for as in the summer the fruit of every tree is shown and made manifest so also the works of the righteous shall be declared and made manifest and they shall all be restored in that world merry and joyful for the other kind of men namely the wicked like the trees which thou sawest dry shall as such be found dry and without fruit in that other world and like dry wood shall be burnt and it shall be made manifest that they have done evil all the time of their life and they shall be burnt because they have sinned and have not repented of their sins and also all the other nations shall be burnt because they have not acknowledged god their creator do then therefore bring forth good fruit that in the summer thy fruit may be known and keep thyself from much busyness and thou shalt not offend for they who are involved in much busyness sin much because they are taken up with their affairs and serve not god and how can a man that does not serve god ask anything of god and receive it but they who serve him ask and receive what they desire but if a man has only one thing to follow he may serve god because his mind is not taken off from god but he serves him with a pure mind if therefore thou shalt do this thou mayest have fruit in the world to come and as many as shall do in like manner shall bring forth fruit similitude five of a true fast and the rewards of it also of the cleanliness of the body as i was fasting and sitting down in a certain mountain and giving thanks unto god for all the things that he had done unto me behold i saw the shepherd who was wont to converse with me sitting by me and saying unto me what has brought thee hither thus early in the morning i answered sir to-day i keep a station he answered what is a station i replied it is a fast he said what is that fast i answered i fast as i have been wont to do ye know not said he what it is to fast unto god nor is this a fast which ye keep profiting nothing with god sir said i what makes you speak thus he replied i speak it because it is not the true fast which you think that you keep but i will show you what that is which is a complete fast and acceptable unto god hearken said he the lord does not desire such a needless fast for by fasting in this manner thou advancest nothing in righteousness but the true fast is this do nothing wickedly in thy life but serve god with a pure mind and keep his commandments and walk according to his precepts nor suffer any wicked desire to enter into the mind but trust in the lord that if thou dost these things and fearest him and abstaineth from every evil work thou shalt live unto god if thou shalt do this, thou shalt perfect a great fast, and an acceptable one unto the Lord. Hearken unto the similitude which I am about to propose unto thee as to this matter. A certain young man, having a farm and many servants, planted a vineyard in a certain part of his estate for his posterity, and taking a journey into a far country, chose one of his servants, which he thought the most faithful and approved, and delivered the vineyard into his care, commanding him that he should stake up the vines which if he did, and fulfilled his command, he promised to give him his liberty. Nor did he command him to do anything more, and so went into a far country. And after that servant had taken that charge upon him, he did whatsoever his lord commanded him. And when he had staked the vineyard, and found it to be full of weeds, he began to think within himself, saying, I have done what my lord commanded me, I will now dig this vineyard, and when it is digged, it will be more beautiful and the weeds being pulled up it will bring forth more fruit and not be choked by the weeds so setting about this work he digged it and plucked up all the weeds that were in it and so the vineyard became very beautiful and prosperous not being choked with weeds after some time the lord of the vineyard comes and goes into the vineyard and when he saw that it was handsomely staked and digged and the weeds plucked up that were in it and the vines flourishing he rejoiced greatly at the care of his servant And calling his son, whom he loved, and who was to be his heir, and his friends with whom he was wont to consult, he tells them what he had commanded his servant to do, and what his servant had done more. And they immediately congratulated that servant that he had received so full a testimony from his lord. Then he said to them, I indeed promised this servant his liberty, if he observed the command which I gave him, and he observed it, and besides has done a good work to my vineyard, which has exceedingly pleased me wherefore for this work which he hath done i will make him my heir together with my son because that when he saw what was good he neglected it not but did it this design of the lord both his son and his friends approved namely that his servant should be heir together with his son not long after this the master of the family calling together his friends sent from his supper several kinds of food to that servant which when he had received he took so much of them as was sufficient for himself and divided the rest among his fellow-servants which when they had received they rejoiced and wished that he might find yet greater favour with his lord for what he had done to them when his lord heard all these things he was again filled with great joy and calling again his friends and his son together he related to them what his servant had done with the meats which he had sent unto him they therefore so much the more assented to the master of the household and he ought to make that servant his heir together with his son i said unto him sir i know not these similitudes neither can i understand them unless you expound them unto me i will says he expound all things unto thee whatsoever i have talked with thee or shown unto thee keep the commandments of the lord and thou shalt be approved and shall be written in the number of those that keep his commandments but if besides those things which the lord hath commanded thou shalt add some good thing thou shalt purchase to thyself a greater dignity and be in more favour with the lord than thou shouldst otherwise have been if therefore thou shalt keep the commandments of the lord and shalt add to them these stations thou shalt rejoice but especially if thou shalt keep them according to my commands i said unto him sir whatsoever thou shalt command me i will observe for i know that thou wilt be with me i will said he be with thee who hast taken up such a resolution and I will be with all those who purpose in like manner. This fast, saith he, whilst thou dost also observe the commandments of the Lord, is exceeding good. Therefore thus shalt thou keep it. First of all, take heed to thyself, and keep thyself from every wicked act, and from every filthy word, and from every hurtful desire, and purify thy mind from all the vanity of this present world. If thou shalt observe these things, this fast shall be right thus therefore do having performed what is before written that day on which thou fastest thou shalt taste nothing at all but bread and water and computing the quantity of food which thou art wont to eat upon other days thou shalt lay aside the expense which thou shouldest have made that day and give it unto the widow the fatherless and the poor and thus thou shalt perfect the humiliation of thy soul that he who receives of it may satisfy his soul and his prayer come up to the Lord God for thee. If therefore thou shalt thus accomplish thy fast, as I command thee, thy sacrifice shall be acceptable unto the Lord, and thy fast shall be written in this book. This station thus performed is good and pleasing and acceptable unto the Lord. These things if thou shalt observe with thy children and with all thy house, thou shalt be happy. And whosoever when they hear these things shall do them, they also shall be happy. And whatsoever they shall ask of the Lord, they shall receive it. And I prayed him that he would expound unto me the similitude of the farm, and the Lord, and of the vineyard, and of the servant that had staked the vineyard, and of the weeds that were plucked out of the vineyard, and of his son and his friends which he took into counsel with him, for I understand that that was a similitude. He said unto me, Thou art very bold in asking, for thou oughtest not to ask anything because if it be fitting to show it unto thee, it shall be showed unto thee. I answered him, Sir, whatsoever thou shalt show me without explaining it unto me, I shall in vain see it, if I do not understand what it is. And if thou shalt propose any similitudes, and not expound them, I shall in vain hear them. He answered me again, saying, Whosoever is the servant of God, and has the Lord in his heart, he desires understanding of him, and receives it and he explains every similitude and understands the words of the lord which need an inquiry but they that are lazy and slow to pray doubt to seek from the lord although the lord be of such extraordinary goodness that without ceasing he giveth all things to them that ask of him thou therefore who art strengthened by that venerable messenger and hast received such a powerful gift of prayer seeing thou art not slothful Why dost thou not now ask understanding of the Lord, and receive it? I said unto him, Seeing I have thee present, it is necessary that I should seek it of thee, and ask thee, for thou shewest all things unto me, and speakest to me when thou art present. But if I should see or hear these things when thou wert not present, I would then ask the Lord that he would shew them to me. And he replied, I said a little before that thou wert subtle and bold, and that thou askest the meaning of these similitudes but because thou still persistest i will unfold to thee this parable which then desirest that thou mayest make it known unto all men hear therefore said he and understand the farm before mentioned denotes the whole earth the lord of the farm is he who created and finished all things and gave virtue unto them his son is the holy spirit the servant is the son of god the vineyard is the people whom he saves the stakes are the messengers which are set over them by the lord to support his people the weeds that are plucked up out of the vineyard are the sins which the servants of god had committed the food which he sent him from his supper are the commands which he gave to his people by his son the friends whom he called to counsel with him are the holy angels whom he first created the absence of the master of the household is the time that remains unto his coming i said unto him sir all these things are very excellent and wonderful and good but continued i could i or any other man besides though never so wise have understood these things wherefore now sir tell me what i ask he replied ask me what thou wilt why said i is the son of god in this parable put in the place of a servant hearken he said the son of god is not put in the condition of a servant but in great power and authority i said unto him how sir i understand it not because said he the son set his messengers over those whom the father delivered unto him to keep every one of them but he himself laboured very much and suffered much that he might blot out their offences for no vineyard can be digged without much labour and pains wherefore having blotted out the sins of his people he showed to them the pass of life giving them the law which he had received of the father you see, said he, that he is the Lord of his people, having received all power from his Father. But why the Lord did take his Son into counsel about dividing the inheritance and the good angels, hear now. That the Holy Spirit which was created first of all he placed in the body in which God should dwell, namely in a chosen body, as it seemed good to him. This body, therefore, into which the Holy Spirit was brought, served that Spirit walking rightly and purely in modesty nor ever defiled that spirit seeing therefore the body at all times obeyed the holy spirit and labored rightly and chastely with him nor faltered at any time that body being wearied conversed indeed servilely but being mightily approved to god with the holy spirit was accepted by him for such a stout course pleased god because he was not defiled in the earth keeping the holy spirit he called therefore to counsel his son and the good angels that there might be some place of standing given to this body which had served the holy spirit without blame lest it should seem to have lost the reward of its service for every pure body shall receive its reward that is found without spot in which the holy spirit has been appointed to dwell and thus you have now the exposition of this parable also sir said i i now understand your meaning since i have heard this exposition hearken farther said he keep this thy body clean and pure that the spirit which shall dwell in it may bear witness unto it and be judged to have been with thee also take heed that it be not instilled into thy mind that this body perishes and that thou abuse it to any lust for if thou shalt defile thy body thou shalt also at the same time defile the holy spirit And if thou shalt defile the Holy Spirit, thou shalt not live. And I said, What if through ignorance this should have been already committed, before a man heard these words? How can he attain unto salvation who has thus defiled his body? He replied, As for men's former actions which through ignorance they have committed, God only can afford a remedy unto them, for all the power belongeth unto him. But now guard thyself, and seeing God is almighty and merciful, he will grant a remedy to what thou hast formerly done amiss, if for the time to come thou shalt not defile thy body and spirit. For they are companions together, and the one cannot be defiled, but the other will be so too. Keep therefore both of them pure, and thou shalt live unto God. Similitude six. Of two sorts of voluptuous men, and of their death and defection, and of the continuance of their pains, as I was sitting at home and praising God for all the things which I had seen, and was thinking concerning the commands that they were exceedingly good and great and honest and pleasant and such as were able to bring a man to salvation. I said thus within myself, I shall be happy if I walk according to these commands, and whosoever shall walk in them shall live unto God. Whilst I was speaking on this wise within myself, I saw him, whom I had before been wont to see, sitting by me, And he spake thus unto me, What doubtest thou concerning my commands which I have delivered unto thee? They are good, doubt not, but trust in the Lord, and thou shalt walk in them, for I will give thee strength to fulfill them. These commands are profitable to those who shall repent of the sins which they have formerly committed, if for the time to come they shall not continue in them. Whosoever therefore ye be that repent, cast away from you the naughtiness of the present world and put on all virtue and righteousness, and so shall ye be able to keep these commands, and not sin from henceforth any more. For if ye shall keep yourselves from sin for the time to come, ye shall cut off a great deal of your former sins. Walk in my commands, and ye shall live unto God. These things have I spoken unto you. And when he had said this, he added, Let us go into the field, and I will show thee shepherds of sheep. I replied, Sir, let us go and we came into a certain field and there he showed me a young shepherd finely arrayed with his garments of a purple colour and he fed large flocks and his sheep were full of pleasure and in much delight and cheerfulness and they skipping ran here and there and the shepherd took very great satisfaction in his flock and the countenance of that shepherd was cheerful running up and down among his flock then the angel said unto me seest then this shepherd i answered sir i see him He said unto me, This is the messenger of delight and pleasure. He therefore corrupts the minds of the servants of God, and turns them from the truth, delighting them with many pleasures, and they perish. For they forget the commands of the living God, and live in luxury and in vain pleasures, and are corrupted by the evil angel, some of them even unto death, and others to a falling away. I replied, i understand not what you mean by saying unto death and to a falling away here says he all those sheep which thou sawest exceeding joyful are such as have for ever departed from god and given themselves up to the lusts of this present time to these therefore there is no return by repentance unto life because to their other sins they have added this that they have blasphemed the name of the lord these kind of men are ordained unto death but those sheep which thou sawest not leaping but feeding in one place are such as have indeed given themselves up to pleasure and delights, but have not spoken anything wickedly against the Lord. These therefore are only fallen off from the truth, and so have yet hope laid up for them in repentance. for such a falling off hath some hope still left of a renewal, but they that are dead are utterly gone for ever again. We went a little farther forward, and he showed me a great shepherd who had as it were a rustic figure clad with a white goatskin having his bag upon his shoulder and in his hand a stick full of knots and very hard and a whip in his other hand and his countenance was stern and sour enough to affright a man such was his look he took from that young shepherd such sheep as lived in pleasures but did not skip up and down and drove them into a certain steep craggy place full of thorns and briars insomuch that they could not get themselves free from them. But being entangled in them, fed upon thorns and briars, and were grievously tormented with his whipping, for he still drove them on, and afforded them not any place or time to stand still. When therefore I saw them so cruelly whipped and afflicted, I was grieved for them, because they were greatly tormented, nor had they any rest afforded them. And I said unto the shepherd that was with me, Sir, who is this cruel and implacable shepherd? who is moved with no compassion towards these sheep he answered this shepherd is indeed one of the holy angels but is appointed for the punishment of sinners to him thereafter are delivered those who have erred from god and serve the lust and pleasures of this world for this cause he punishes them every one according to their deserts with cruel and various kinds of pains sir said i i would know what kind of pains they are which every one undergoes hearken said he the several pains and torments are those which men every day undergo in their present lives for some suffer losses others poverty others diverse sickness some are unsettled others suffer injuries from those that are unworthy others fall under many other trials and inconveniences for many with an unsettled design at many things and it profiteth them not and they say that they have not success in their undertakings they do not call to their mind what they have done amiss and they complain of the lord when therefore they shall have undergone all kind of vexation and inconvenience then they are delivered over to me for good instruction and are confirmed in the faith of the lord and serve the lord all the rest of their days with a pure mind and when they begin to repent of their sins then they call to mind their works which they have done amiss and give honour to god saying that he is a just judge and that they have deservedly suffered all things according to their deeds. Then for what remains of their lives they serve God with a pure mind, and have success in all their undertakings, and receive from the Lord whatever they desire. And then they give thanks unto the Lord that they were delivered unto me, nor do they suffer any more cruelty. I said unto him, Sir, I entreat you still to show me now one thing. What, said he, dost thou ask? I said unto him, are they who depart from the fear of god tormented for the same time that they enjoyed their false delight and pleasures he answered me they are tormented for the same time and i said unto him they are then tormented but little whereas they who enjoy their pleasures so as to forget god ought to endure seven times as much punishment he answered me thou art foolish neither understandest thou the efficacy of this punishment I said unto him, Sir, if I understood it, I would not desire you to tell me. Hearken, said he, and learn what the force of both is, both of the pleasure and of the punishment. An hour of pleasure is terminated within its own space, but one hour of punishment has the efficacy of thirty days. Whosoever therefore enjoys his false pleasure for one day, and is one day tormented, that one day of punishment is equivalent to a whole year's space thus look how many days any one pursues his pleasures so many years is he punished for it you see therefore how that the time of worldly enjoyments is but short but that of pain and torments a great deal more i replied sir forasmuch as i do not understand at all these times of pleasure and pain i entreat you that you would explain yourself more clearly concerning them he answered me saying thy foolishness still sticks unto thee shouldst thou not rather purify thy mind and serve god take heed lest when thy time is fulfilled thou be found still unwise hear then as thou desirest that thou mayest the more easily understand he that gives himself up one day to his pleasures and delights and does whatsoever his soul desires is full of great folly nor understands what he does but the day following forgets what he did the day before. For delight and worldly pleasure are not kept in memory by reason of the folly that is rooted in them. But when pain and torment befall a man a day, he is in effect troubled the whole year after, because his punishment continues firm in his memory. Wherefore he remembers it with sorrow the whole year, and then calls to mind his vain pleasure and delight, and perceives that for the sake of that he was punished whosoever therefore have delivered themselves over to such pleasures are thus punished because that when they had life they rendered themselves liable to death i said unto him sir what pleasures are hurtful he answered that is pleasure to every man which he doth willingly for the angry man gratifying his passion perceives pleasure in it and so the adulterer and drunkard the slanderer and liar the covetous man and the defrauder And whosoever commits anything like unto these, he followeth his evil disposition, because he receives a satisfaction in the doing of it. All these pleasures and delights are hurtful to the servants of God, for these therefore they are tormented and suffer punishment. There are also pleasures that bring salvation unto men, for many when they do what is good find pleasure in it, and are attracted by the delights of it. Now this pleasure is profitable to the servants of God, and brings life to such men. But those hurtful pleasures which were before mentioned brings torment and punishment. And whosoever shall continue in them, and shall not repent of what they have done, shall bring death upon themselves. Similitude 7. That they who repent must bring forth fruits worthy of repentance. After a few days I saw the same person that before talked with me in the same field in which I had seen those shepherds. And he said unto me, What seekest thou? Sir, said I, I came to entreat you that you would command the shepherd, who is the minister of punishment, to depart out of my house, because he greatly afflicts me. And he answered, It is necessary for thee to endure inconveniences and vexations, for so that good angel hath commanded concerning thee, because he would try thee. Sir, said I, what so great offence have i committed that i should be delivered to this messenger hearken said he thou art indeed guilty of many sins yet not so many that thou shouldest be delivered to this messenger but thy house hath committed many sins and offences and therefore that good messenger being grieved at their doings commanded that for some time thou shouldst suffer affliction that they may both repent of what they have done and may wash themselves from all the lusts of this present world when therefore they shall have repented and be purified then that messenger which is appointed over thy punishment shall depart from thee i said unto him sir if they have behaved themselves so as to anger that good angel yet what have i done he answered they cannot otherwise be afflicted unless thou who art the head of the family suffer for whatsoever thou shalt suffer they must needs feel it but as long as thou shalt stand well established "'they cannot experience any vexation.' "'I replied, "'But, sir, behold, "'they also now repent with all their hearts. "'I know,' says he, "'that they repent with all their hearts. "'But dost thou therefore think "'that their offenses who repent "'are immediately blotted out?' "'No, they are not presently. "'But he that repents must afflict his soul "'and show himself humble in all his affairs, "'and undergo many and diverse vexations.' and when he shall have suffered all things that were appointed for him then perhaps he that made him and formed all things besides will be moved with compassion towards him and afford him some remedy and especially if he shall perceive his heart who repents to be free from every evil work but at present it is expedient for thee and for thy house to be grieved and it is needful that thou shouldst endure much vexation, as the angel of the Lord who committed the end to me has commanded. Rather give thanks unto the Lord, that knowing what was to come he thought thee worthy, to whom he should foretell that trouble was coming upon thee, who art able to bear it. I said unto him, Sir, but be thou also with me, and I shall easily undergo any trouble. I will, said he, be with thee and i will entreat the messenger who is set over thy punishment that he would moderate his afflictions towards thee and moreover thou shalt suffer adversity but for a little time and then thou shalt again be restored to thy former state only continue on in the humility of thy mind obey the lord with a pure heart thou and thy house and thy children and walk in the commands which i have delivered unto thee and then thy repentance may be firm and pure if thou shalt keep these things with thy house thy inconveniences shall depart from thee and all vexation shall in like manner depart from those whosoever shall walk according to these commands End of section twenty seven